sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. Little balls this week. Good job. Good pick, good pick. Uh, good pick. Old balls. He's got a, a lot of them, 71 of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, 79. He's got 79, 79. old balls. He's got 79 old All right, everybody, welcome out to The Logger Room. It is Wednesday, October 28th, 2020. Jersey Johnny coming at you, and with me, as always, are Radio Pete and Harry Lugnut. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hello. We're, uh, we're actually not going to jump right into uh, to football. We're going to uh, jump right into baseball tonight because last night the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers beat the Tampa Bay Rays in Game 6 of this year's World Series. And it's an interesting story, and we're going to get to why right now. Why don't, uh, why don't we start with Pete? Why don't you give me your take on uh, Mr. Snell's performance? Oh, it was, uh, it was really, really good. So you you thought it was good, right? You thought he should have stayed I, I in the game. I thought he was. I think he was. Uh, he was pitching pretty well. He gave up. I think it was two hits, including the one right before they yanked him. He had nine strikeouts. He was mowing them down. Seventy three pitches, I think, at that point. Seventy three like pitches, and unfortunately, analytics happened to get in the way. And I posted uh, immediately that I hope the Dodgers win. <laughs> uh, immediately after he was yanked, and that. Um, Mr. Cash is uh, a moron, and uh, so I, I wished ill upon the Rays, who I had been previously rooting for before that idiotic move. Seventy-three pitches, though, but on a sh- on on not the normal day's rest with a bullpen that has been pretty darn good. And let's be honest, they lost by giving up three runs, and you should be able to win. You know, a game where you're pitching. Gives up three runs, but the, right. they did. That they didn't, and it's yeah. it wasn't like Clayton Kershaw was pitching. No, no. And I'm not. I'm not arguing with the numbers. I'm not arguing no. with the theory behind it. I, I agree with you. I, by I, the way, I, I think I, they should have let him at least yeah. start keep, go at least two or three more batters. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I they brought in Anderson, who I, I think I heard he gave up a run in like each of his last four performances or something outrageous like that so so he's, so he's like he's he's slightly better than Araldis chapman yeah slightly. slightly well he didn't give up home runs in every one of those he didn't blow he didn't lose the season for the yankees exactly two years in a row. yeah but he had not been as lights out as he had been over the course of the regular season and in the right. early part of the playoffs right. and so I, I don't disagree with any of the the analytics and what they say but what i disagree with is this is an elimination game and the guy's cruising and I know every you know, third time through the batter, and you look, and it's a you know twelve point something ERA. That yeah, all that is fine. But if and I think we've kind of talked about this, if you're really just going to completely remove any sort of human element from the game, that's uh, like that's just a mistake, I think. And it, it makes yeah. it's going to make me not want to watch. Where was the gut check as opposed to the analytics? Yeah, know? and and it's not like. Oh, he gave up a run, and he struggled in the third. Or you know, he was looking he, good. The guy was cruising. I mean, the definition of cruising. And they go, ah, you gave up a hit coming up on the third time. 
Thanks. And you can see it on his face. He was disgusted and everybody was disgusted by yeah, it. I, I thought I, I thought I heard him say a few choice words there, you know, when they when they zoomed in on him as uh he was not happy he was walking out. He was I'm not glad, happy. I'm glad to see pitchers who don't want to come out of the game anymore and who realize they can pitch more than five innings. Right. And I I think that's most of them too. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I think a lot of them are specialists now. And I think if you look at, you know, the, the Dodgers are a prime example of so is Tampa Bay. They 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 have guys who can come in, they can come in in the fourth inning, they can come in and close the game out. And I think this the series was really about who had the, as all World Series are, as I've been saying my whole life, whoever has the most arms on hand wins. And it was never more uh, obvious than this year when everybody's pitching a lot of times. I'm, what was there, two days off in this whole World Series? Yeah, am I, am right. Thursday and Monday, just for yeah. football because of football. That was how it should. It's kind of. I think that's how it should. Have I, been, I, I, I don't really. Well, be, only because nor, there wasn't. Travel. Normally, you would have the travel days, right? There, and there's I, no and need I, for it if there's no travel, that, right. for That extra day, and and that's fine if they change that going forward. But that's going to totally change Major League Baseball even more so where you're just going to see it's just going to be whoever happens to have seven arms that can get you through right nine innings but and also, if if you just do you know if if you have all these guys that go five or maybe five and a third and that's all they do all year you know you're going to transform them into pitchers that yeah. can't go seven or eight or nine anymore oh nobody can because they just haven't Done Nobody it. can, and the ones that can aren't allowed to because you know and and look there has been. I call this the Kawhi Leonard effect, you know, which who I happen to think is one of the top three basketball players in the league right now. Right. There is something to be said about the way in which people are athletes are today, which you have to look at the long haul and what their what their bodies are able to do. Um, you know, this isn't Don Drysdale pitching. You know, the, the, those that game doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately, because I. I'd much rather see a guy go seven innings and then have two relievers and not have this bombardment of pitchers coming in. Absolutely. I would too. I would and I, I, I'll, I'll say this. This was a, a good – and this was one of the better major league playoffs I've watched in a long time. Now, I was – I said this would go seven, and I said the Rays had a good chance, and it was pretty close to going seven. It was pretty close. Uh, cool. uh, well, somebody I, else said it was going to go six, though. But, yeah, and I and I think if the Rays, <laughs> if the Rays just had a couple hits last night, uh, they would have won that game, and we wouldn't be talking about pulling the pitcher. They just could no. not get guys on base to home plate. Look, you know, it's ultimate, not ultimate. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say it's not a given that that Blake Snell would have uh, not given up uh, those runs, and and that. Uh, the Rays would have won the game, but I, I think that all in all, they stood a better chance of leaving him in the game than yanking him at that particular point. And you I can't mean, argue it's twenty twenty. What are you going to do? Yeah, but, and you, you can't know. argue with it because look, pitchers are dominating in the playoffs this year, with the exception that they give up a ton of home runs. That's what baseball has become. It's become there's not a lot of small ball. There's not a lot of pitching with the bases loaded. There's not a lot of even intentional walks. It's outs a lot of three three and out innings and then bam somebody launches one into the upper deck it's it's just the way the game is you know having said that seeing tampa good for the dodgers i mean look i guess it's it's a good month for la they they were they had the best lineup and kershaw showed up and did what he was supposed to do and they backed him up and there and that reliever whose name is escaping right now who has I think I have more hair on my right arm than he does on his entire beard that he's sporting. 
but <laughs> he was lights out. And that, that's, that's what it takes. Timely hitting, usually from guys that you don't expect down the lineup, and a hot reliever or middle relief and pitcher, and that's usually what wins your World Series, and the yeah. Dodgers had all of that. Yeah. And, and there were also a couple of uh, the uh, the line drive that kind of almost got caught in the webbing or, or whatever oh, yeah. it was, was protecting the stands. Had yeah. that kind of bounced out of fair, fair right. uh, into fair territory, that would have been probably one less base. You wouldn't have had a runner on third, and then you had the but, pass ball. Right. Uh, you know, so there was this comedy of this 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 you know cascade right. of, of things falling apart. Um, well, but, I can't I, I can't remember what game it was, but you know the the. The, the Rays were an inch away from catching that line drive that drove in, uh, you know, the wound up becoming the game winning yeah. runs. It, it, and, and it, it game, was a good series. The Dodgers were a better team. They should have. The Dodgers won. were a better right. team. Yeah. The game four finish was, you know, a cavalcade of errors there. Right. So, and I, I think you're, you're to your larger point, you, you can't just score one run and really you shouldn't expect to win too many games. One, no. nothing, not in the no. world series anyway, no. not in the world series. Well, everybody who's playing is just, you good. shouldn't expect to win a game one nothing all season long. You're gonna, but you shouldn't expect it all Not anymore. Long. I mean, you just no. don't see it very much. Yeah. But you do see how as the playoffs sort of shrunk from what was it, round nine to round, you know, from the first <laughs> of nine rounds where you know well let's see, there were seven uh best right. of fives, was, right? No, well, right. Four it was, best it was, three, it was Mawa Mawa High got into the first round against the Astros and you know. And there was right, that right. Uh, little league team from Taiwan. That's right. Taiwan beat Tom right. West. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the Cuban little league team actually had older players than the than the guys who were on the Dodgers. But right. Exactly. Yeah. Some yeah. of those guys were uh, coaches from. The, and the right. Rolando yeah. Molino All Stars were in yeah. there from the minor leagues. Yeah. It was. It was an interesting here, playoff. Right. Here's my ending comment on the World Series and on sports in general. If you're going to wear a mask, it has to go over your nose. You can't make it a chin diaper. So if you're not going to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. If you're going to wear it, put it over your nose. I just, <laughs> it just drives me nuts watching these guys with these chin diapers around their face yeah. for the whole game. Uh, yeah, it's just, I, I mean, I, I it's think, you think that uh, if it's anywhere on their face, it's all right. Well, right. I got it. It's here. You, it's, like a, it's like a balk, you know. <laughs> you could say it's better than nothing. But uh, their, their chins stay clean. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, I, they don't. They don't drool as much. I guess. I but don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't. It's 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 defeating the purpose. That's for certain. Science aside, right. it's <laughs> it's just ridiculous <laughs> to look at. Science, well, you know, I'm not, not going to get in I'm not going to. I'm just saying, it's it's you know, science has little to do with baseball. You're going to wear a bra to the well, beach. On that note, put it on you and not around your waist. Right. On that note that science has little to do with baseball, um, I think that's our point specifically on this analytics <laughs> question here. I mean, it's mathematics, but it's still a science, if you right. will. So, yeah. But, uh, and that, the, so that comment we made before that you should never expect to win a one nothing game, uh, even in the regular season, just ask Jake DeGrom. Uh, he'll yeah. tell you all about that. Yeah, yeah he, he would have had three 20 game seasons had the, had the Mets been able to just score, score one run. run. A yeah. run. If, if they scored two, then forget it. Then he could have. They uh, maybe they could have, out. Yeah, exactly. then they could have taken him out in the eighth inning every once in a while. Exactly. Analytics <laughs> is a useful tool, but yeah. there, there's a human element to this game. And take the analytics and the human element, blend them together, shake it exactly. up, pour it out exactly. of the bag, and what comes out, that's what you do. 
Yeah. I mean, analytics is great for taking an Oakland A's team into second place every year. Yeah. It's yeah. not great for winning a World Series. And yeah. Aaron Boone's an analytic guy. Joe Torrey went by his gut and asked Don Zimmer what he thought. I, right. I'm old school. I think the analytics are great. I don't mind checking with you know, uh, the computer to see what things are going on. But se- 73 pitches in a, in a, in a game where you you're going to be eliminated win. and the, he's not going to pitch in game seven, no matter what, because game seven's the next day. Right. Exactly. right. And, and if you can get any length out of him, right. you, it you saves the other guys. You, right. Because they're all tired because they all have thrown the, the day before, basically. Right. Uh, so, Whatever. Uh, Hindsight is always twenty twenty. It's exactly the Dodgers managed that series a lot better. He also had a lot more to work with. I mean that that Tampa Bay team sort of reminded me of a slightly less talented Kansas City Royals team from a couple years back when they won the World Series. Where don't remind me, you're not going to see. I I, this team's going to probably be dismantled, and who knows if you know, what's going to be left of it. It's, it's, it's one of these teams that just happened to peak and play really good ball this year. Right. And um, I mean, I th- hopefully they stay together. Cause I, I actually think they're one of the, one of the more interesting teams in the league. Oh, they definitely want to. And they also got there by playing in an American league East, which granted was not as strong as it has been in years past, but they played the Yankees. I don't know how many times this year and they beat the crap out of them. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't like them. they got there to the playoffs by, by playing in the NFC East in football. Yeah. We yeah. have uh Which, by the way, the Tampa Bay Rays are now officially in second place in the NFC East in football. <laughs> and deservedly so. Yes. Uh I, I think they stand a good shot this weekend, as yes. a matter of fact. Yeah, I'm, t- we'll I'm get, picking them. <laughs> we'll get to that later in football. Right now we just want to uh, put this up. Uh, beer Samurai from our uh, uh beer podcast uh, agrees with Pete baseball is human. Uh and there he Thank is right you, there. Samurai. Thank you. Okay. Do so, we want to? Do we want to talk? Oh, sorry. Do we want to okay. talk about the, the mask? Uh, well, I was. Well, I was just going to say before we get to the masks thing because I do want to mention that. But uh, so the Dodgers now have won seven uh, World Series. That, um, that's no small feat. That's no small feat. Um, and three of them, three of the seven, were against the Yankees. Yeah. So um, they, they, in the seventies and early eighties, the Dodgers and Yankees were constantly. And the Yankees constantly. won most of those. Uh, three to two, uh, I think. Three to two to Se- one. Well, they won. The one's seventy seven right. and seventy eight, and, and then, then the Dodgers, Dodgers won in eighty one. Eighty one, yeah. And then 81. neither team, both teams, went into the kind of into the hole for a long time. They there. just, yeah, yeah. And the Dodgers came out of it first, yeah. uh, and and got back in eighty eight and beat the A's. Uh, but you know, as as a Met fan as I am, uh, the Mets should have won that game, although they got shut out in in uh, Game Seven, uh, six to six nothing. Um, you know, As a Mets fan, you have I think to Von just was pulled way too realize early in that, game, that but there was a, there was an angel throwing darts at Bill Buckner, and they said, "Let's give these darn Mets fans a victory, please. Let's give them one." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, that that's that's the you know the two years that stand out in my mind still as a Mets fan uh, that the Mets really should have had two other World Series was was '88. Uh, was that they would they would have handled the? They had the, a great easily. team that they, year. They had, they had a bad, the, the team was better that year than they were in '86 when they. Yeah, won. I agree. I agree. And um and uh, Oral Hershiser was just on fire for the Dodgers though. Did yeah. you, I mean he 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 won he he was he pitched in like four or five of the seven games. He's one of the yeah he's one you of know, the best World Series. He got a save ever. in one of the games. He got the win in Game Seven. That's right. he, you know, but um '06 too. The, the Mets were a better team than the Cardinals in '06. And I'm not going to get into 
uh, Beltron leaving the bat on his shoulders for Wainwright and all of that. But the Mets had a better team. Why wouldn't uh, you get into that? That was. I, that was I'm the gonna get into it now. I was a seminal moment, but we'll get into that at another time. Again, just, though, with, right that now, with that Cardinals team, though, hot pitching. Oh, just yeah, of course. Time, hot, timely pitching, too. Hot, timely I mean, pitching. Uh, Wainwright, then, was Wainwright a rookie that year? Or if he wasn't a rookie, it was like, oh, he's like second year. I think he's year. second year. Yeah, but, uh, and but he's still pitching, right? He's still pitching, yeah. 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 I think <laughs> I had him on a fantasy team one of the years I, I won in my uh, my company's league. One year well, I, took, uh, <laughs> I took uh, – it might have been. I had Loudon Wainwright the third. Loudon Wainwright. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Sure, for a guy named Loudon. Because this show, this show doesn't have enough obscure references. Uh, you know, we'll throw in Loudon Wayne. Well, right that's there. that's our tag. That's the right. room obscure reference. More obscure than a Dennis Miller routine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he calls which us is, for he calls us for references. Which that's is right. in it. Which is in itself an obscure reference. Right. At yes. this point, of exactly. course. Well, you know, I haven't. You know, that would require me to be part of the world for the last fifteen years. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, well, let me ask this because I saw this question today on one of the interwebs. Um, I was talking about the Dodgers and saying, okay, well, they finally won a World Series and they've been stymied in that, but whatever it is, seven straight uh, division championships and this and that. Are right. they a dynasty despite the fact that now they you know, only won the one World Series? You know, Have they I'm just been so good? That we would consider them a dynasty. Are the and Bills I, a dynasty? Den were the Denver Broncos a dynasty back in the eighties? Were the Minnesota Vikings a dynasty, dynasty? You know, I mean, no. I think well, you got to win. You have yep. to win it all to be a dynasty. Yeah, I think. So. I think so too. Or I at least think. win the majority. You know, if they win two out of the next three World or World Series, or one out of the next two, and they so they're two out of three, then yeah, then they're a mini dynasty. Yeah. But um, I would put that in it. I mean, it's it, yeah. it's kind of a it's kind of a weird. I mean, why do you have to use the word mini? But yeah, I would say that. I mean, the bill. Well, I put mini because this season was well, yeah, sixty games. But and, I mean, I, you know, let's face well, it. Not, you know, I guess look at the Bills as a as, as a dynasty. I mean, who who's ever gotten to four Super Bowls in a row? I mean, you know, it's the only team that has. Yeah. You know, and so they were good. Obviously, they were good enough to get to the Super Bowl. They just didn't do the right things in the Super Bowl to win any of those games. And by all means, you know, for all intents and purposes, they should have won the first Super Bowl. They should have beaten the Giants. But would they still be a dynasty? I, I, when I think of dynasties, I think of the Celtics. I think of the, of the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, that, multiple times. You're right. I, I mean, the, look, the Knicks won two NBA championships within what three or four years? What sixty nine, seventy one? I don't consider them a dynasty, but the, I think the bar was higher back then. I, the, the Montreal Canadiens were a dynasty. The yeah. the Yankees were a dynasty in the fifties, and uh, I Islanders don't in the eighties. Islanders, Islanders in the eighties. The, yeah. the Edmonton Oilers in, in the, the late eighties. In, in the in the mid late eighties. Mid 80s. to mid mid and late. Yeah. yeah, you've either got to win a couple in a row, or you know, three and five or six years, or something like that. Right. But but there have to be championships involved. I think. I agree, and and multiple. There has to be another word for dynasty of teams who are always there and never won. And obviously, the Bills and Vikings are right up there. The Utah oh, Jazz. Sure. I mean, yeah. The kind I of mean, the Red Sox were like that forever. Until, yeah, uh, and, yeah. The Red Sox were constantly relevant and, and never did it. And I would say, when once the Red Sox won their first one, they are on the bubble of being considered a dynasty. I just, yeah, I think, the, I think the winningest. They're the win World Series winningest. Uh, franchise in this century, right? Uh, right now, they won four. Right. You know, I, you know. I think in a, two or three years, we might look back and think, say, the Astros are a dynasty. Mm -hmm. So, I think you got to win three or more 
or at least two or more in, in a in a relatively short period of time. Right. All or right, three or, or three or more in a longer period of time. Agreed. All right, here's my next question: Do we really call this their seventh World Series victory, or is it more like six and a half? How legitimate is this yeah. season? Well, I mean, I don't think any. I, I think they had probably I mean, the obviously most truncated I'm, season. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm being facetious about that, but right, of course. As far as the legitimacy, legitimacy of the season, do we? I mean, we just go. Well, it, yeah. it is what it is. They can only play the games they have. No asterisk. Or no asterisk. We don't need an asterisk. But do we mentally? Do we say, yeah, they won, but it was sixty games. You know, if the Yankees won this year, I'd still count it as number twenty-eight. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I'm sure Tampa Bay, if they won, would not be putting an asterisk next to it. So no. I look. I think it just made it. It just made it what it was. They won under the conditions that they won. I, I think had the season gone longer, I still think the Dodgers probably would have been there because I think they just were built. I, I think they peaked at the right time. They, you know, they the Rays had a better record. Am I right going in? Or did Rays the had a better record? No, no, no. no. The Dodgers no, had the Dodgers best did. record. Dodgers had, a better, yeah, Dodgers had the best yeah. record in in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, and, and you can look at the kind of the expanded playoffs and go, well, you know, it was a little bit more difficult than right. usual. So maybe that should count for something. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's there's more chances of easily getting knocked out in the early rounds, which right, is, right. is unlike those other teams that we considered, you know, dynasties back because back in the day you had to win, you had to win your division, play in the pennant. And then the World Series. And that, yeah. that, that was well, all it was. Let me pose this to you. Okay. The last uh, World Series, if, you, if you're going to say that, if we're going to question this year's World Series victory by the Dodgers, um, the last World Series they won was 88. The World Series before that they won was 81. And that was in a strike short in the season. Right. Uh, there was a split season in 81. Yeah. Uh, you know, the playoffs were all kafloey in that, uh, that year. And, you know, it wasn't 162 games. They didn't play that. They played mm. They played games in the beginning of the season. Then they were off for a month and a half, two months, something like that. And then they played more games. So, I mean, not exactly, you know, they, they played they, more games. but They, they played more games than this. They played I mean, this more games even, than this, but this they didn't play. I think they played 100 games. I think which, they is played, all, you know, which is a lot more, you know, absolutely. More. But it's still less than 162. So right. I think my point in saying this is I think, and, and ironically, the Dodgers won the World Series in both of those years. And they but, win all the time when yeah. there's less games. When, when there's less games, the Dodgers win. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> the laziest champs ever. <laughs> yeah. And and also, you know, the, that season was, you could, you could, Obviously, going to spread the blame for a strike shortened season. Sure, some goes on the players, and some of the blame goes to the owners. This was really nobody's fault, except of course, for, of course, you know, a bat that somebody ate or whatever it was right. started the whole thing. So you kind of, you know, say, well, those guys were. When you said great. that I pictured somebody eating a bat, like you know, it's a Louisville well, slugger or. Listen, yeah. these new stadiums they have uh, Shake Shack and bat. they have I all these it was a bat that bit a what was it a pan pandalequin or what, what the oh yeah a uh, pangolin. 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 Somebody ate the pangolin. Yeah. I thought a pangolin yeah. was like a pangolin. That ate the pangolin. Somebody ate the pangolin. They got to stop serving this international cuisine at these new ballparks. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's, it's, it's like, do you want a hot dog? or Well, they got fried yeah. pangolin. Pangolin. <laughs> Do they, have the, that. do they have the get, pangolin it's, it's at the a pangolin panda? dog, like a corn do they have pangolin. pangolin at the Panda <laughs> Express? Right. Well, you just, <laughs> I just imagine like the guy coming around, right, with the old silver card. Right. Hey, pangolin here! Got your oh. pangolin here. Give me two. Pangolin here. Yeah, um, good with beer. 
Which kind but of my my point in saying this is that in time, like everybody was talking about that, and obviously we were all younger then. But I mean, we were old enough to remember this uh, in '81. Uh, but um, everybody was talking about the fact. Okay, well, are the Dodgers going to be really looked at as a World Series champion because of this strike short season and all this? Blah blah blah. blah, blah. I, I wasn't. I in was time, thinking of that. I was just. I just knew the Yankees lost and was pissed. That's all. You were. Yeah, I know. I know. You were. Yeah, you were. You were. Uh, you were more pissed than uh, than I was. But yeah. in any event, uh, yeah, no. In time, damn, Ron that say. went away. That went away. Right. Fell by the wayside, and the the Dodgers won an eighty one World Series, and it moved on to the next. You know. So I think the same thing's going to happen here. You know, it's going to be talked about, and everybody's going to be talking about it. Are, are the Dodgers really a champion? Are the Dodgers really a champion? Nobody's going to say no, and eventually they're going to stop asking that question, and the Dodgers are just going to be the World Series champion from twenty twenty. And that's really what I think. That's what's going to boil. I, I don't think in fifth grade you were sitting back going, "Hey, uh, I really think this strike shortened season is going to put I, an well, asterisk you know next to this Dodgers championship." I, I was. I was. <laughs> you probably were. You probably were. I was. That's now that you think. Let me correct myself. You remember back that part. I was probably. Things I know. Number one, the Dodgers are not the champions because of the strike, and number two. Uh, Tony Danz is a hell of an actor. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now pass me my chocolate milk. Yeah, I'll have my chocolate. It was fried bologna. Which uh, <laughs> maybe brings us to uh, fried bologna and, and uh, a Twinkie chaser. Well, you know uh, what? If, if, if we're going to talk about fried bologna, we should probably switch gears and go down to football. Yes. All right. Well, just uh, quickly, the face mask. I'll just say this. To me, that was kind of a microcosm of sort of the attitude of much of this country that there are a lot of other things that are more important than being safe and i certainly have no ill will towards justin turner or anybody um a really weird situation having to pull a guy out of a game but i mean he's got a virus that's really contagious mm -hmm. and Maybe that should be more important. I feel terrible for him. He's, he's a warrior on that team. He's been there for years now, right? Since 2014, I think. 2014, and yeah. The Mets, maybe the guy uh, Andy Anderson kind of ejected yeah, him and sent him on his way. One of the guys you maybe feel happiest for. He's finally getting his. Uh, but he's also running around potentially getting people sick with a deadly virus. And uh, like I said, it just kind of says, okay, well, we, we've got priorities here. Right. And and then certain comments, you know, I don't know if we could have stopped him from coming out. Well, you know, you, you, you should have thought about it. He should have stopped himself. But it is what it is. Hopefully nobody gets sick and dies. Well, that's and, that's and, no one, and, and then no one will learn a lesson about it anyway. And, and I, maybe I if these people that were sure. coming in closer contact with people that are wearing the chin diapers would think twice and put them over their nose, then things would be a little bit different. Right. And, and the other thing is everybody involved there should now be quarantined. Every one of yeah. his teammates, everybody yeah, on the staff, the entire other team, anyone they, that he came in contact with should now be quarantined. And I guarantee they won't. No. Because half of them just lost he, the World, the world right. Series and the other half just won it. Won or it. he can hold a rally in Pennsylvania. Right. Let's <laughs> get to the White House now within the next two weeks. <laughs> I heard they just changed the campaign manager, so he could be uh, that. You know? He could be campaign let's, manager. Let's bring, Every, the let's bring the Dodgers over right away. It's the most tomorrow? positive White House ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> well done. On that note, uh, let's uh, let's switch gears to football. Oh, I just want to say for uh uh uh, only because he's obviously trolling us right now. 
But Mr. Samurai, Dave, uh, he said, not for nothing. Every team was subjected to the same elements. They won. Get over it. That's his take on That's, the Dodgers. I think we all That's agree fine. with you. Yeah, mm -hmm. we do. Yeah. I was really asking the question. No, I no, think, I, I think they were. The I think he was telling you to get over it. I was I thinking th he was just telling everybody that was asking. Oh, would yeah. oh right. Actually, okay. ask the question. Yeah, like they're right. We got bigger fish to fry than right. Exactly. Whether the I, Dodgers are legitimate champions. I mean, the Dodgers, <laughs> the Dodgers had a lot of pressure on them because they, they were kind of the best team for a few years there and yeah. just couldn't win it. Yeah, no, they were. They definitely were. All right. So, well, congrats to damn Dodgers. Congrats yeah. to the Dodgers. Uh, you know, Brooklyn's uh, original own, now L.A. Two championships for L.A. in the same year, and who knows? Uh, we're going to get to football now, and we're going to talk about the Monday night game, uh, which involved L.A. in a little bit, but we're going we're gonna to start with the Giants. We're going to yeah. start with the Giants. Um, and we're not going to talk, folks, we're not going to talk long about the Giants or the Jets tonight because it's basically no, the same no, conversation every week so there's yeah, no there's need no for it to. we're gonna talk about certain points and then move on that's about it that's about it we so. could sum up the whole giant season by just just watch the clip of <laughs> Jones. that sums up the giants it sums up 2020 it sums up the entire world in one play yes it does there um, you go uh, <laughs> I, I I wish I'll I'll, I'll post it. Uh, I, there, there was a there was a meme I found. It was a, 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 a Daniel Jones's uh, sister was uh, spotted at a movie theater, and it was this woman that was running with popcorn and fell. So <laughs> I'll have to post that, and you'll we'll check that out. But uh, yeah, no, you watch two two things though, uh, Harry. Uh, the Daniel Jones uh, run stumble, uh, which will obviously we're all calling it now, uh, and also um, Evan Ingram catch the damn ball. Okay, catch the ball. Look, they I, made up. They made up for last week with me because they almost won again. Almost and, won again, and right. now they're back on track. They're just the one game behind their neighbors for Trevor Lawrence, and we got a chance. Yep. We got a chance. Yep. They're hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just say, look, misery loves company. As a, a lot of company. Yeah, I, I did dub that play the run stumble. Because uh, it rhymes with the butt fumble, and the, let's face it, the butt fumble is way more embarrassing. Right? Uh, you know that could be. You could easily say that's that's the most embarrassing play, perhaps in NFL history. I, I don't know. Um, uh, there's, I, been, there, there's, there's been a few. There's been a few. Yeah, but it's it's certainly up there. Uh, worse so than the the run stumble. Right. Um, what I would say though is that. I know they scored on that drive, right? I think they got yeah, a touchdown on the drive. Probably would have liked to have that extra time it took them back at the end of the game. Sure. Now, and, and again, it was a strip sack, uh, and so you go, well, it wouldn't have mattered. But maybe they would have called the first couple of plays a little bit different if they had, uh, I don't know how, much longer. I don't, yeah, I don't know how much longer it took them to get into the end zone, another minute or something, maybe, maybe a minute and a half. I don't know. I don't think it was quite a minute or well, a minute. They would have had to stop laughing. They would have had at least right. another 30, 45 seconds. But yeah, so maybe it would have <laughs> run. There wouldn't have been as much you know, laughing. You can't play football yeah. while you're laughing. No, yeah, so hard, maybe hard. they would have uh, no crying run a baseball, couple of no uh, laughing in football. So. Run a couple of different plays with a little bit more time there at the end. But Absolutely. again, uh, it was. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of ask a variation of the question I had last week: Did the Jets have a better day by getting shut out than the Giants had by having 
an agonizing and hilarious uh, loss. Um, well, <laughs> the Jets got shut out the week before, so we're talking about. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, right. I knew you. Yeah, meant. you know what I mean. I knew uh, you. Meant. Look, uh, looking good in the first half and then getting shut out in the second half and looking terrible. Right. Well, I I think I think that the Jet the Giants actually uh, came out winners this week um, because they both lost, and uh, you know the Giants actually you know, looked markedly better on the pathetic scale than the Jets did because um, the Jets actually looked good in the first half. The Jets actually looked like, oh, my God. And in fact, I think I texted you guys, who is this team playing the Bills in the first yeah. half? And then and then we uh, saw you know, the second half. And, and then we saw the Jets come out in the second half. But they were they were so horrible in the second half. So horrible. What was it? They had four total yards. Yeah, it was four. Four yards of offense in the entire second half. Yeah. What other team? That has to be a record. I, unless, has to be a record. Unless there's anyone who ever just like quit at halftime. Yeah. I mean, went, yeah, they, we're not coming out for this game. Or, yeah. it's, it's 78 to three right now. We're not coming out for the four? second half. I don't think How that ever happens. Just punt on every time you get the ball back. Yeah, just punt. first down, we're going to punt. If I didn't know better, and I, it's not that I don't know better. I, it's, this is entirely possible. I, you'd have to say there was some of it was on purpose. I, I I mean, how, how could you? There, there's no possible way that you could really just be that bad. And we know that they're terrible, right. but four, four. Right. All you gotta I do mean, is one yeah. running play where the running back, who let's say is almost six feet tall, you know, a couple of plays where he just falls down, just get to the line and fall down, and right. you'll pick up more than four yards. Exactly. Uh, it, it, it was that even truly, every time. Truly mind-boggling. It's unbelievable what they did, but I mean, uh, Adam Gaze gave up play calling uh, for for the first half of the uh, for well for the game, but uh, Dell Loggins was doing the uh, was doing the play calling, and he comes out and they looked like a team. They looked like an NFL team. Finally, they looked like you know, and, and the the Bills had to be caught off guard. Obviously, I mean, the Jets went into the locker room after half at, at halftime up right. It was ten to ten to six or ten to six, yeah, ten to six, yeah. And and they had to be shaking their heads like, oh, like, who are we playing here? What is this? What's going on? What are we doing here? And I'm sure, obviously, it had a little to do with their revisioning or their game plan of the second half. But still, the, the offense to come out and, and get four total yards of offense, that had to be, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. There had to be, Gaze had to pull that back or Chris Johnson made a phone call. Joe Douglas made a phone call and said, hey, guys, we're, we, we, we don't want to win this game. You know, we already, we got the first pick locked up now. You win this game, you're all fired. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. I think yeah, Trevor right. Lawrence is going to start his master's degree in, right away if the Jets <laughs> get the first pick. I'm not sure the Giants are much better, but uh, look, this are, this is a race for the prize. Yeah, and I hate to say this, but the Giants are a slightly better team than the Jets. Here's one thing I do know from watching the last couple of weeks. The AFC East is not much better than the NFC East. No, I think not. the Bills, the Bills have come down to earth. The Patriots are obviously landing hard. Miami might win that league, might win that division. I was thinking that. I was thinking that the other day. I don't know why they're changing quarterbacks. Yeah, but, I, that's, but they might win the AFC East. That's mind-boggling that they're pulling Fitzpatrick right now. I mean, I know yeah. two is the future, but you're you're actually. You you could win. I mean, yeah, okay. You're looking for the future. The future's now. If you can win this division in the shape that it's in right now, the way you played, the way they played the 49ers, are you an idiot? Two is a rookie. Let him learn behind Fitzpatrick. He's a good, serviceable quarterback. He's better than most. Well, until Fitzpatrick starts to 
be as bad as any right. of the other quarterbacks. Yeah, if he comes back down to earth or switches the switch he's, on he's, again or whatever. He's arguably the, the best quarterback in the AFC East. Who's better? Yeah. You could say, though, and I, and I think uh, I think if you, if you look kind of at his splits, if you will, this is around the time midseason right. where he Absolutely. does start yeah. to fall apart. But that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So he's, he's, going a little, he's going is, a little further than he normally does. Right, right. And this, so this is obviously not about winning the division. This yeah. is about an owner saying, hey, I want to see my new toy right. out on the field. And his name's Tua, and he's going to bring in more fans than Fitzpatrick does. Uh, well, unless, unless he starts, unless there. he goes out. Well, he, here's my, well, here's my prediction. Out, unless he goes out and loses. he's uh, Right, more fans, is a, he's going to generate more interest. Right. Unless he goes out and, and underperforms and... Which case, you know, no one's really going to be interested when they're the, losing the, games. The, the question mark I have for for Tua has has been his: Can he stay healthy? What is his durability going to be? And I think he's one of those guys who's going to be hurt throughout his career. I just he just it, it just, he's just built that way. He looks a little fragile, and he had a bad injury last year. Really bad. I mean, he's held together, but his he's yeah. had both of his what ACLs rewired. Yeah, yeah. He had, he had, he had, he had the injury. same injury. He had the same injury on both hips, right? I know. Yeah. He's so that's not. He's cool. rewired his body more than I've rewired and, my and, stereo. And they speaker. want to put him in there. It's literally not even a year yet since his injury. And they want to put him in there. You leave him out, man. Just put yeah. him aside. Let him get a couple of snaps at the end of games in garbage time where nobody's going to hit him. And then let, him, let him come in. If, if you start to tank, maybe get him in towards the end of the season. But yeah. he's—I think he's one of those guys who's going to need a full training camp and just some time getting up to the to speed, literally, that yeah. the NFL runs at. Right. And Fitzpatrick early in the year, I would say I would have said Cam Newton, but not after the last three weeks. No. Fitzpatrick has been the best quarterback in the AFC East. Cam is uh, unbelievably. Bad I mean, right now. He's maybe wait, what's his name on the Bills? But he's also come back down to earth. He's so. come back down to earth. The last couple of games, you know, Josh Allen has come back down to earth yeah. a little bit, and so, and it, it what's amazing but, but is the upside for Josh Allen is higher. I think. Absolutely. Oh, there's a bigger upside than, yeah, than Ryan a, Fitzpatrick. Yeah. yeah, there's a higher upside for Josh. Well, Allen. I think even maybe for Tua. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would. I would say. I would say for Cam Newton too. Yeah. Uh, just because he's, you know, he's 32. I think this year. But sorry, I cut you off there, Jenny. No, no, no. That's fine. I was just going to say. I mean, with with all this talk, though. I mean, we're talking about you know the tanking for Tua, tanking for Tua, uh, tanking for Trevor. <laughs> Last year was tanking for Tua. Thank this God they all start to have some tea in their name. Well, no, two years ago or three years ago was sucking for Sam. That was uh, okay. That's right. Yeah, so, right. Yes, it was close to a T, but you know. But um, in any event, uh, the the Giants, uh, the deadline's coming up. The trade deadline's coming up. It's next Tuesday, and. You know, there, there's a lot of speculation going around that uh, they're going to deal Evan Ingram. And believe me, after after the last couple games with him, I'm fine with him. You know, get get some picks, get somebody back, and get some picks. But I don't think he's going anywhere. But what have they done with the picks lately? Yeah, well, that's the other thing too. Uh, and look, look at the lot of a lot of the. I I watched NFL and I see all these giant players that where I'm just like, man, they really underperformed on the Giants. And then I'm looking at them on other teams, especially on the defensive side of the ball, right. and they're going to be Pro Bowlers. Sure. And yeah, I, I mean, look, the Giants have always been good at getting rid of receivers at the right time. Right. But what they've also been good at is filling those filling holes those with really good receivers. Right. I mean, going back to the Victor Cruz days, right. they've had a they've drafted really good receivers over the years. They're not doing that so much anymore. Right. And their receiving core looks well. I'll give I'll give Slayton. Good. 
you yeah, know, Slayton's pretty good. And what's Slayton, his name? Slayton's Finally caught a touchdown pass. Uh, the veteran uh, receiver, Sterling Shepard. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I mean, he's been injured. You know, he had, yeah. he had uh, turf toe for a while. But that brings me to this point, though. I, I think if they're going to deal anybody from that receiving court, it's going to be Golden Tate. Uh, you know, because he's got the history, uh, he can probably generate the most interest. But didn't uh, he? Didn't he catch the touchdown? He did. He yeah. did. Yeah. No, I mean, but they have the younger Sterling yeah. Shepard, who's obviously the franchise guy. They got uh, Darius Slayton, who's only in second year, so he's got another three years before any big payday or whatever. And Golden Tate has a bigger contract. So if they're going to look to deal somebody, and I'm not saying they're going to, but if they're going to look to deal somebody, I would think it's going to be Tate before anybody else. Well, Tate, I, if I was any team in contention that was a little, you know, he'll probably wind up going to Kansas City and catching two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean. Because <laughs> they just keep just keep getting assets. Well, I mean, the, who the who are they getting is, rid of for these people they're picking right. up? Who are they getting he'll, rid of? He'll, he'll end up. <laughs> Catching the lateral from Le'Veon Bell right, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and running it in for the game-winning yeah, score. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, is that these guys who get into the middle or end of their career, they they're really good second and third options. They're one of the best, and that's what you need come playoff time. They just can't perform as a top option anymore right. on teams that don't have a second or third option. So Golden Tate, yeah, I think Evan Ingram, you could see somebody picking up. I mean. Imagine the Steelers with Evan Ingram or I can't see Evan Ingram going to somebody else as a tight end. I mean, he's to me, he's a slot wide receiver. He's yeah. not a tight end. He's not a tight end. He's not a blocking he's tight end. He's not a blocking tight end. He's a he's pass catching tight end. So he comes in the game. There's no fooling anybody. He comes in the game. He's catching a pass, you know, so you might as well put two stick two people on him. And then you took that play out of the book. Who was the know? last tight end who could block and catch really great? I mean, other than Kittle, I mean, who? Yeah. Kelsey is he a great blocker? Do you really think he's going to be in there to block? But Kelsey really. can block. I'm saying <laughs> oh, probably not. Right? Kelsey's getting 95 percent of the throws. He's getting if it's either going to Tyreek right. Hill or it's going to Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So those, I mean, are, those, those are the two targets. Right. Yeah. You know, unless they're checkdowns to the backs. But yeah, no. But Kelsey can block. Evan Ingram can't block. No. Evan Ingram's not blocking anybody. Neither can anybody else that's lined line up on the <laughs> offensive line of the Giants. Right well, this now. is true. This is true. I, yeah, but it's not it's not for a lack of technique it's for a lack of size you know and skill um mm, yeah. it, well i mean yeah that's what i'm saying the other the other people it's a lack of technique one uh, side has better technique and skill than the other side this is true this is true and, and <laughs> speaking right. of that too the uh, uh one of the georgia coaches i guess it was maybe it's the offensive coach or the line coach or whatever he mentioned uh, uh was it uh ralph Acciano, i think wrote an article on sny uh, said uh, that he was looking, he was studying some film, or he watched Andrew Thomas play, and his technique is completely not what it was in college. Like he's whether whether he's been taught horrible technique or just picked up odd stuff, he was much better in college, and he's completely using different technique. Whether he's just shell shocked from being in the NFL or or what, I don't know. But he's uh, and, and and that tells and, a lot because sometimes a, you do have to adjust because in college you're run blocking a hell of a lot more than you're pass blocking, and you're also yeah. going up against a much different defensive you know, type Still of talent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And speed and size and, sure. um, yeah, there's a, there's a drop in, or I should say when you get to, to the big leagues, there's a huge uptick in the talent level huge uptick of everybody on the field, not just the guy that you're facing on. Well, within 12 seconds play. too, on an offensive line, you could, there could be three different guys that you think you're going to be blocking once the ball is snapped. Sure. So it's not so much in college, although he played at Georgia top notch school and, uh, but they were, he, yeah, he's just again. It, there's something organizationally that I think is contagious. And yeah, all right. Is. So the Jets and the Giants stink. We know that. Yeah. So, and, we've, and, come, so and, uh, we've come to the same conclusion for uh, what four yeah. weeks in a row now. Four weeks in well, a row. Well, we've yeah, been and, right every time. 
Every yeah. time. And Dave even said, too, I'm not going to put him on the screen, but actually I'll put him on really quick. He said, the Giants suck. Okay. And then he followed it up with, the Jets suck harder. Yeah. Yes. So, so next, next, next time we just start with Dave, it takes three seconds and we can <laughs> save everyone. Steps everything up. And the headache everything of, yeah. All right. Well, um, so um, s- I, speaking of sucking, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, John. No, all I was going to say is that there's also been talk. You talk about the the, the trading or whatever. There, there's speculation that the Jets are uh, taking calls on Quentin Williams uh, already. And what was he, the third overall pick? Uh, well, you know, they're the Jets, so everything. Is... Listen, that's I'm also hearing uh, a, a surge towards, uh, you know, if you get the first pick, trade it, and get a bunch of other picks, and they have other picks from from other deals they've made, sure, and build a team around Sam Darnold. He he's got the skills, so blah blah blah. Right. Which to but me would, is, but uh, wouldn't Quentin know, Williams be one of those pieces that you, you want would to... think that would be someone they would want to hang on to? But again, you're going to take a flyer on somebody else that you don't know whether he's going to pan out or not. Quentin Williams is already proven; he's there. The and answer then... to all these questions is a simple: they're the Jets, right? The answer, and, uh, my friend, is blowing in the wind. And the blowing and in it's the wind. just it is, it is. And on that note, uh, blowing and sucking. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the Giants. I mean, God, I just hope. I hope the Giants can just squeak out a, right. enough to get that first pick. What if they're tied? How do you pick the first pick if you're tied with one win each? Uh, uh, division wins, revolvers at ten paces. <laughs> That'd be great. Can it be? Please, can can I nominate Daniel Jones? I think <laughs> I think both quarterbacks should should be shooting muskets. And whoever gets shot gets. <laughs> Knowing the accuracy of both, it'll take six shots easy. Six, they gotta to reload. The they're gonna, they're gonna they need gotta, semi-automatic weapons. They're gonna clean the barrel, put the powder <laughs> in, put the ball in, tamp it down. Let's hope. Let's yeah. hope Daniel Jones doesn't trip with the gun in his hand. <laughs> oh man! Well, you know what? The, all of these are very, very, very important, uh, very important uh, points <laughs> to be this made. This is not stuff you let, let, me, let us preface that we do not wish violence in reality. Not at all. This is this is called satire and humor, or yeah. at least an attempt at it. So, <laughs> for all of you under the age of forty who don't understand that, then. <laughs> Uh, yes. Look up on Wikipedia the definition of satire. It's probably changed by it, now. It probably doesn't mean the same thing it used to. Well, I'm going to put your guys' pictures, pictures of all of us on there. I'll edit that page. Satire? Just be satire. Sad, sad, right sad satire. Exactly. Uh, speaking of uh, tripping, how much can the Falcons do to cement themselves as the worstest oh my God. choking? And I don't even really want to blame Todd Gurley. I blame I mean, Todd Gurley. It, it, it is his fault, but he knew what he was supposed to do. He knew what he was supposed he, to do. He, he, no, he, he, right, he has, but he was put in a very difficult position, uh, and he just I think the momentum just carried him a little too far. Yes, he blew it, but um, I can't put it all on him. Like, just You're going to kick the field goal. Why don't you just kneel down? Ten year, why ten why years even ago. hand off the ball? Why even hand no, off? But ten years ago, Take an you, run score, the you score – and then your defense stops the other team. Right, yeah. uh, right. I disagree with the strategy. What? Why? Kind of a... Why can any NFL team score on any other NFL team when there's less than two minutes left? Why is that? 
Less yeah. than two. It's a, a minute four. Yeah, less than a minute. Now it's just like, hey, give me the ball with six seconds left at my own six. And, and, and we're not talking. We're not talking. It was from Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, which we'll get into in a second. No. It was. The, it was. Now Matt Stafford is a great quarterback. I'm sorry, yeah. he's a really good quarterback. He yeah. just got a shitty team. But you know, it, it's not like it was the Seahawks. It was the Lions. It was the Lions. Granted, they were playing the Falcons, but it's still it was the Lions. They should be able. The Falcons defense. Whatever state the Falcons organization is in right now, the Falcons defense should be able to hold off the Detroit Lions offense for a minute and four seconds. But and obviously it it sends the message that their coach doesn't think that's uh, a likely possibility. And and so if the touchdown by Gurley was a mistake and you don't have any faith in your defense, then kick the ball back off and let him score on the kickoff. Right, and then get the ball back. Right. I mean, it doesn't. That makes yeah. more sense to me than the logic of. Granted, it would have been smarter to squat, but but in today's NFL, would would the Falcons have made that field goal? Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's a good that's, yeah, that's the other thing too. They, might have, might have they run it, one. they run it down to one second, kick the field goal, and miss it. That would have been that would have been more apropos than what happened. For right, right. So, but uh, let's see other chokers. I, I feel bad for the Bengals. I know Joe Burrow. Look, that's twice that they should have beat Cleveland in my estimation yeah, this, this year. Again, 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 he did his job. And then you just can't stop another team at the end of the game. The Browns are kind of a conundrum. I don't really know what to think of them, but they, at times, they can put up points. Yeah. And without OBJ, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, well, we'll, see if, we'll see if that holds up for the rest of the season. Oh, wasn't he out from the from the beginning of the game too, though? Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's, that's too bad. bad. I mean, that's yeah. the second major but, injury he's had. Yeah. And, I had yeah. broken ankle and now an ACL, or he's had an ACL before. Now he has an ACL before. I don't think so. Uh, no, just the uh, just the one ACL on the ankle ankle when he was on the Giants. But yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the Bengals should have won both of those games uh, and, uh, and not the Browns. But hey, you know what? The Browns are five and two. <laughs> you know, that's hard but to believe. Were, yeah, and this was just a really a week for that sort of thing. I mean, you had the Saints and the Panthers. That was a three-point game. You had the Cardinals being the Seahawks. That was ridiculous. You had uh, you had the Steelers getting a win against the Titans, which you could. They almost pulled the Atlanta Falcons. They yeah, almost, almost. They almost did. Yeah, but at so least really hard enough to be able to hold on. Yeah, but yeah, crazy week as far. It's as a very that crazy goes. week. Why? I want to go back to Harry. Why is it ridiculous? Who was it ridiculous for? Uh, was it was it ridiculous that the Cardinals played above their means, or that that uh, Russell Wilson actually got overcooked at the end of that game? Yeah, that's. So I, I just felt like that was everything went the Cardinals' way to get back into that game and win it. It did. Uh, yeah, it did. I mean, but I don't think it was like there was any bad calls or anything like that. It just no. It, it just it, 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 it fell the right way. It yeah. It just it seems like every NFL game comes down to this now, where it's just I don't know. I feel like it's too easy to score at the end of the game. It's it they they don't they don't let them play defense enough. I feel well, like yeah, I think that's I think you hit the nail on the head there, Harry. That's that's exactly what it is. They they've taken so much of the game out of the defense's hands that the end of the game means it, it it's not it's not the same as it was forty years ago. I'm, I'm, no, if Dan Fouts and Dan Marino. We're playing with these rules. The Chargers and Dolphins would have averaged seventy-three points a game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and you, and you can say, you know, it's it, well, maybe the coach doesn't have confidence in the defense. He may have confidence in the defense, but because they've been hampered so much, it's really difficult to make a defensive stand. 
Well, is, you know, with, yeah. literally, kind of with one hand behind your back if you're really? uh, if you're a defensive back or a safety. Unless, unless you're playing the Giants or the Jets or the Cowboys. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to be playing against you know kind of a a crappy uh, offense to, to like basketball. Now. No, it's not as bad. Yeah, 90s. no, there are still a few basketball teams that play defense. Yeah, very rarely though. I would say basketball is still worse. I'll take the '90s basketball rules. Put that back, sure. and then let the let whatever Lester Hayes did. Let that be legal again on the defensive side, and we'll have some good football. Yeah, bring back Stickum. That's right. That's what we really need. <laughs> Minus the Stickum, what I mean is that the ability to 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 sort of just play defense, and same thing on the offensive side. Let the offense. It is impossible to be an offensive lineman in the NFL. You can call holding or some sort of infraction on any play. It is impossible to block these guys by the letter of the rules. So just let them play unless it's really egregious and it's impacting the play. Like you just see a guy tackling somebody and the runner's coming right past them. Right. Stop. And I actually think the NFL has done a little bit of a better job. There's not doesn't seem to be as many flags this year as in the past couple of years. But I, I, I just let them let the game be a little bit more physical, not dangerous. I don't want I agree with the hits on the quarterback and all that. Right. Let them play defense and let them block and, and let them let them play, period. Let, let them play. play. I, I totally agree with you. The one thing and I, and I agree with you that there are there have been a little bit downtick, if you will, less less flags this year. But what I have seen is really quick whistles. Yeah. You know, a running back gets hit. Uh, you know, the first hit or whatever, his feet are still moving. The refs are blowing the whistle to play that. I let understand that to some degree, but yeah, uh, let him let him get down. Yeah, I mean, if he if he if he hasn't moved in three seconds, yeah, blow right. the whistle. But I mean, they're hitting that whistle the instant he stops, right. and his legs are still churning. They're hitting that whistle, and that's a safety thing because those I, guys are, I get it. When but, you got six guys around your, leg, I get it. But you're right. I, I've noticed that too. Um, yeah, and, and then, I mean, you you take that and you combine that with. Uh, you know, no helmet to helmet. You know, that's that's why that they, the the forward progress stop rule. They don't want a guy standing there, helpless, being held up by two guys trying to tackle him, and one of his guys behind him trying to push him forward, and right. then somebody comes flying in and takes his head off. Right. But you have put that helmet to helmet rule in there. Right. So maybe there's, you can let him try and get another right, yard. I agree. I agree. There's and there's you know. a lot of there's a wide variety of that helmet down the rule. Like the hit on Andy Dalton was obviously uh, should have been ejected. Yeah. Uh, no problem. But there's other plays where it's really hard to not sometimes lead with your helmet. Right. And there, you know, if, if you hit and then brush off, I get it. I understand the safety that they're trying to do. These guys, we've had generations of guys with major head injuries and, and I, I think they're starting to learn how to play. But let let them play a little bit more, and the, let let them let them jaw at each other with their hands a little bit more on the defensive end. It, the, the receivers have such an advantage; it, it's, yeah. it's, it's 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 incredible. Um, just one more thing on football: uh, some picks. Yeah, uh, some picks. Beaten by the coin. Beaten by the coin. I'm sure I'll lose to the coin. No one wants to be beaten by the coin. Let's take a look uh, real quick at what happened last week. Johnny, uh, Mr. Consistent, three and one, remains in the lead at eighteen and five. Uh, Harry, you also went three and one. Yeah, I know, but I missed. I missed the chance to get ahead with damn Bears. Yeah, yeah, but you did pick Tampa Bay, so well, because um, I'm smart. Yeah, uh, the coin went two and two, so one game under five hundred and way back. And yours truly went four and zero. Oh. Four and zero. Oh. Radio and, uh, four and zero oh last week. 
picked up yeah. a game. So one game ahead of Harry, two games back of uh, Jersey Johnny, who I don't think – I think you had one two-and-two two week. And other than that, you have not had a week where you've had more than one loss. Yeah. We're, so, we're not uh, bad. We're better than most of the Fox or CBS guys. Ironically, we are. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. They, they, I'm they better than Terry Bradshaw. The, they pick against the spread, though, don't they? No, 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 no. no they oh, no. All right, well, then I feel better. Yeah, you're, you're better than Terry Bradshaw. I don't know how much that's saying. I know he knows a lot of football, about but so it's, it's just making me feel better for a second. You know, it's like getting a like on your Instagram post. All right, All right. so let's uh, let's look at this week's games, uh, starting with uh, Atlanta at Carolina. <laughs> Is that we really have to pick that game? Yeah, yeah we do. It's Thursday. We night. do. Thursday what is Carolina's game? record? I don't even know. 11 D and not, I don't know. 11 D and, and 12 teen. Four and nothing? <laughs> not another. Uh, what are they? Three and two? Let's three see. And uh, they are three and four. Three and four. And the Falcons are the ultimate chokers. One, one, one and six. Yeah. They're one and six. Okay. Yeah. Carolina's winning this game. Carolina's winning this game. All right. John likes Carolina. I, I, I don't like either, but I'll pick Carolina. Oh, I don't like Carolina by any means, but they're winning the game. I'm going to pick Atlanta. Just for the heck of it, I almost thought it. I thought about it. You've got Why enough not? of a you've got enough of a of a, of a cushion there. You can do I it. have a one game cushion over you. That's so right. I'm going to squander it right now. If That's the, right. Uh, if the game right. if the uh, if the game was in Atlanta, I might think differently. Probably not. But yeah. And the uh, coin says heads, which means the home team. So uh, they Carolina. are going with Carolina. Carolina. All right, there we go. Uh, <laughs> Jets and KC. I'll just put Jets for everybody. <laughs> oh, this, now, if you're going to just go with what 2020 has always delivered, you should all pick the Jets. Then the it, look, if the Jets win, the, I'm picking Kansas City. But if the Jets win this game, it'll make my year. If we just pick, <laughs> if we pick the well, maybe we should just alternate weeks, right? Picking the Jets, right? And see, like it'll be like a roulette thing. One of us maybe will. If they do win a game, one of us will one of us will get will that pick game. up that game. So yeah. that's maybe something we'll. we'll uh... I, I think that Kansas City could win this game and could be sitting their starters in the second half. <laughs> second I, half. I, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I don't think you will see Pat Mahomes playing in the fourth quarter. No. You're you're generous. You guys you might are generous. See Pat Morita playing quarterback for the Chiefs. <laughs> you're generous. I, they might be sitting out like the last five minutes of the second quarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coin says heads. So they like KC. Coin likes KC as well. There the coin go. is learning. The I'm coin's losing, coming on. I'm like losing oh, the coin's losing. right on my yeah. ass. Yeah. That's right. Losing with the Jets like the last two weeks is getting wise. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dallas versus Philly. <sighs> Philly's Any, anybody? Philly. I mean, Dallas just looks horrible. Philly's yeah, they right. lost a they football team. They have nothing. Philly's yeah. right. I agree, Philly. I, man. It, yeah, my two teams are the Jets and the Cowboys. And I, I just well, I can't you even. You have the Cowboys to pull you out of the gutter with the Jets. If it ends in a tie, I'll be happy. <laughs> All right. I I, I got to go Philly. I don't have I don't have faith in Dallas. I just no, don't. Philly's Sorry. Fine. All right. Let's see what the coiny says. Coiny says tails. Coin likes you, you do realize that Phil, Philadelphia Eagles had to really have some strength Good luck go their way to beat the Giants. Right. But as bad as the Giants are, I think Dallas is right there. Yeah. Well, I they got that... they got pretty stomped by the yeah. football team. Who's playing quarterback yeah. this year, this week for Dallas? Um, <laughs> Tony Romo. 
Romo is a good quarterback. They suit up. He's state. Well, it's not the play. It's not the playoffs, so they'll be fine. All right. Uh, and uh, game four, we only have four this week. Uh, Monday night, uh, the Bucks and the Gents. Tom Brady against again. the Giants once 20, again. Twenty twenty was ever <laughs> to yeah. write a script. I'm, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this first. Uh, the Giants are home. Okay, let's think about these things. The Giants are home. Joe Judge knows Tom Brady. Okay. It is an NFC uh, a battle, but Joe Judge knows t- Tom Brady, and so does uh, so does a lot of number of the other coaches on Joe Judge's coaching staff. So with all of that factored together, I'm taking the Bucks. I put the P for Tampa there. Uh, I am also going to take the Bucks, as I seem to remember Tom Brady. There were a couple of games they lost to the he lost to the Giants. Um, big they games. Weren't anywhere near, they weren't anywhere near as small as this game. Is. No, no <laughs> but he's he's not he's the kind of guy who's going to want revenge. When he lost to the Giants, the Giants had Eli Manning in his prime with receivers and Michael Strahan playing defense and, and an offensive line and an offensive line and Chris Snee and uh, O'Hara, yeah, David yeah, and, and uh, Plexico I'll, Burris. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll put you down for Tampa then, Harry. Yeah, well, I'm, I, I've been the Tampa guy all year long. I think they're going to Super Bowl. I, I, I hope they continue to. I hope they steamroll the Giants, and we get closer to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. After the way they played the Packers two weeks ago, and the way that uh, the Seahawks played the Cardinals this past week, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards you, Harry. Yeah, that, that definitely gives more credence to that theory. All right, let's see what old Mister Quarter says. Uh, Quarter says tails. So that would be uh, Tampa. That would be Tampa. So we are all in agreement on three out of the four picks. The coin's not taking. The coin's not taking many chances this week. Uh, just no, just- well, the coin, you know, <laughs> oh, boy, that's it. the coin like went four and zero or something, and then uh, yeah. and then went two and two, and so they're getting smart. Right. The coin is learning. It's so like, even even a coin could be five hundred if you just don't think about your picks. The <laughs> artificial intelligence, uh, the opposite of that. That brings us to this week's top 10 list. Why don't you tell us about this week's top 10 list there, Mr. Radio Pete? Uh, I think it's, well, I, we're sort of following a theme here of lousy teams, great players on lousy teams. Well, and uh, Currently lousy teams. Currently lousy teams. You're right. You're right. We've got to put that matter. We're picking right. players from better eras. We're, we're disgusted with our, which happen to be our favorite teams. And so we need something good. So we're going to look back at great players uh, from the uh, Giants last week and this week, the New York Football Jets. New York Football Jets. This list is going to be something of uh, an example of what happens when you put me sort of in charge of things. <laughs> you get weird results. It's a good list. So uh, here's number 10, a guy named Jim Turner. And uh, you go, what a kicker. Why would you? Why he would was you great. He was great. Two-time AFL All-Star. Of course, part of the... I uh, forget which year it was. Oh, the Super Bowl that they won. And uh, that 1968 season was a great season for him. He had 34 field goals and 145 points, which uh, were both NFL records at the time. And, uh, you know, he had uh, was responsible for 10 of the points in the uh, Super Bowl win. So he was, he was their offense there. Absolutely. Yeah. And in that era, if you haven't field goal kickers that were that reliable, it wasn't – they were playing in pretty crappy conditions on baseball fields, kicking off dirt half the time, and yeah, he was he was he was one of the old school. Him and George Blanda. Yeah, I mean, he was a sixty-two percent uh, over the course of his career. Yeah. So, and I think he's uh, uh, 
28th or 29th all time in the NFL. So, which you know isn't great, but still, he was uh, he was great for the Jets. There you go, number uh, number ten, Jim Turner. All right, that brings us to number nine. I'll take it. Uh, number nine on our list tonight is Mr. Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington played for the Jets from uh, 2000 to 2007. He was drafted in the first round with the 18th overall pick in the 2000 draft. He was a two-time NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Unfortunately for the Jets, one of those years was with the Dolphins. Um, but the, yeah. But the uh, but the first uh, the first one was with the Jets, and he was a two-time NFL completion percentage leader. Uh, again, one of them with the Dolphins. But the first time in 2002, his uh, third year in the league, he was uh, he was with the Jets. NFL passer rating leader in 2002, Heisman Trophy finalist in '99. Uh, yeah, just just a great quarterback. I mean, he was part of uh, as as you said before, uh, Pete, when we were uh, when we were discussing him. You know, it was part of that whole uh, wow. The Jets are really on an uptick here, and they're 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 going in the right direction. And he was he was big part parcel of all of that. Yeah, the two thousand two season was a really great year for him. Yeah, he was a quarterback we felt really good about. And when I say we, we say Jets fans. And you're right, like half of the great things he did, uh, he did with the Dolphins. Right. You know, the completion percentage. And listen, there were two times between 01 and 2019 when the uh, Patriots did not win the AFC East title. Mm -hmm. And 2002, Pennington and the Jets. 2008, Pennington we, and the Dolphins. Yeah, this, this century. Yeah. So only the only. only the not won the division. Yeah. The only. No big part to Chad Pennington. Yeah. And, you know, look, 82 touchdowns and 55 interceptions for his career. Not bad. Right. And uh, still number three all time on the NFL completion percentage. We loved him. All right. Uh, number eight, great receiver. One of the best around. Uh, certainly played for the Jets, Wesley Walker. Uh, 77 to 89. Just quick, his basic numbers, 154 games, 438 receptions, 8,306 yards, and 71 touchdowns. Uh, he was the guy that you would, uh, you would go to. He was the go-to guy when you needed the big play, Wesley Walker was someone that you would throw the ball to. I think he was um, legally blind in one eye as well. Really? Uh, um, which uh, nobody really knew until a few years into his career. And then everybody went, what? How could that be possible? Because, you know, if you've ever tried to do anything sports-related with one eye closed, uh, you know, him and, like, Gordon Banks, you just kind of right. look at that and go, how is that possible? If you ever tried to do it, everything just looks like it's a, like a maybe, photograph. Maybe that's Gary Sanchez's issue. <laughs> That could be. <laughs> or he's, well. Yeah, he's, he closes one right when the ball's coming in. So Very well could um, be. But, yeah, uh, just a great jet and a, a really good guy, too. All-time beloved, Wesley Walker, number eight. Number seven on our list is Mr. Albert Lee Toon Jr. Al Toon. Uh, he was drafted uh, number 10 overall in the first round of the 85 draft. Uh, he played with the Jets from 85 to 92. Uh, he was three-time pro bowler. 86 through 88, three consecutive years. Uh, Three-time All-Pro, same years. Uh, AFC Player of the Year in 86. He was the NFL receptions leader in 88. That 86 team was amazing. And and still, I I think, you know, even as a Giants fan, I think that the Jets, uh, you know, if they, if they had gotten past the Browns, I think they would have beaten the Broncos that year. And it would have been a uh, Jets and Giants Super Bowl. But, yeah, that was a great team in 86. And he was a big part of that. Yeah. And, and he was the guy that, uh, you know, great um after the catch too yeah 
dancing feet, uh, two, make two, three guys miss, maybe only pick up another five or six yards, but super he, athletic. Yeah. And, very and big, rarely. And a, big, and a big target. And big, right. Very rarely did he get hit and immediately uh, get tackled. And, you know, uh, again, teaming up with Walker, those were, those were the glory years for uh, Jets receiving core. I'll tune you know, at, least, at least in my lifetime. <laughs> uh, number six, we know him. We love him. 77 to 87. Joe Klecko, four times to the Pro Bowl, two times an All-Pro. Big Joe Klecko. Big Joe, part of the sack exchange, uh, which, you know, was part of the reason why they actually started to count sacks uh, mm. was because uh, it was, you know, it was not an official stat until I think it was 81. Yeah, Lawrence um, really pushed the issue. On and that, that was a, a great, uh, yeah, and uh, right, Taylor was uh, the other real reason uh, why uh, they said, well, we, I guess we got to start doing this. We got to start doing this, yeah. And, uh, you know, he had uh, 20 and a half sacks that year, which was. Uh, as a defensive tackle. As a defensive tackle, yeah. yeah, and right, and he had to switch tackle. positions. Right, he was getting uh, double teamed though again. And become a tackle, and he was just one of the, everybody that played against him said one of the strongest guys ever played against, one of the most intense guys. Yeah. Um, but again, also uh, a good guy, a guy with a good heart. Yeah. Uh, heart and soul of the Jets, and one of the all-time greats for sure. Yeah. yeah definitely, Joe Clacco. Good job. Number uh, what are we at? Number five, right? Number five. Number five brings us to another member of the sack exchange, Mr. Mark Gastineau. Uh, Mark Gastineau uh, was uh, drafted in the second round of the '79 draft. He played with the Jets from '79 to '88. Five-time Pro Bowler. 81 to 85 consecutive years, uh, three-time All-Pro, 82 through 84. He was a two-time NFL sacks leader in 83-84. In fact, he held the uh, sack record for single-season sacks uh, until uh, somebody that uh, Mr. Radio Pete loves so much uh, broke it uh, <laughs> a few years back. In any event, just just an all-around beast. He was a he was a crazy good player, and and he was a defensive end too, just like Strahan. So. You know, he was a shy guy. He didn't like the spotlight. Not at all. No, no not at all. Very, very just guy. Now when we go, in fame. When no. we get to our top ten mullets of all time, he's. I don't know if he's going to be. He's definitely in the top three. He's top three, definitely. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say two. I'm going yeah. to give him two. Definitely yeah. top mullet of football of all right. time. Yeah. Top mullet. Although I don't know, Jim Jim uh, McMahon had a pretty good one going he did. there. Yeah, he, did. he was well. He's in the top three with him. Right. Yeah. Well, you probably guess, you know, you could say best uh, defensive player mullet. Yeah. I think yeah. you probably. probably defensive. We, we call that a, a DM, a defensive mullet. Defensive mullet. <laughs> defensive All mullet. right. Uh, so that uh, brings us to number four, uh, the man with his own island, uh, Darrell Rivas. Uh, what can you say? Uh, 07 to 2012, and then again, 15 to 16. Seven-time pro bowler, four-time all-pro, the guy that nobody wanted to throw to. Nope. Um, 25 interceptions in his uh, 108 games with the Jets. 10 fumble recoveries, by the way. He also had one sack. Well, maybe yeah. you didn't know that. But, he was on um, all of our lists easily, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just when you talk about the, the great all-time defensive backs or cornerbacks in NFL history, uh, Revis's name uh, comes up there. Yeah. And and yeah. certainly, uh, you know, he was um, – I mean, there was, there was another cornerback uh, for the Jets by the name of Aaron Glenn who was also quite – spectacular uh he was a sort of revis before revis was revis but uh Darrell revis island i think at that point right yeah kind of uh took it to the next level yeah it was uh it was just a rock it was a rock glen rock <laughs> stuck <laughs> out of the glen water rock. it was roosevelt island a couple of seagulls <laughs> so uh Darrell revis uh number four 
Number four, Darrell Rios. That brings us to number three. Number three is Mr. Curtis James Martin Jr. Curtis Martin, uh, he was drafted in the third round in 95 by the New England Patriots. The coach at the time brought him with him to uh, to the New York Jets, and that was Bill Parcells. Uh, but he played uh, the Baltimore career, and his best years were uh, definitely with the Jets from 98 through 06. Five-time pro bowler. Uh, three of the year, three of the five times were with the Jets. Uh, as two-time first-team All-Pro, and that was both with the Jets in 01 and 04. Second-team All-Pro in 99. NFL rushing yards leader in 04. Uh, he was uh, he was rookie of the year with the Patriots in ninety in ninety five, but just just an amazing running back, uh, crazy, and just retired his number uh, twenty eight. So is he in the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, he is. That's what I thought. He's yeah. he's great. Yeah. More more of a Jet than a Patriot, and more, one of the, one of the few guys who came from somewhere else and actually remained that. good. Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 even better, yeah, because he didn't have uh, much. You know, he only had three years on the Pats. He was he was like, good. At, he was great all those years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, and running backs lasted more than three years. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where he is on the all-time yardage list, but he's fairly high up there, I think. Yeah, his durability and his longevity is. He played a lot longer than I remember when I looked it up. Yeah. Uh, you want to do number two? Uh, yeah. You want me to do number two? You want to do one and two? Yeah, once you do two, I'll do one. That would be uh, number two on our list would be Mr. Donald Rogers Maynard. Don Maynard. Don Maynard was uh, drafted in the ninth round, uh, late late rounds uh, in 1957 by the New York Giants. Uh, he only played one year for the Giants and uh, kind of went into obscurity for a year and went up to Canada and, and played. And then uh, uh, college coach uh, got involved with the Jets and brought him to uh, the, well, the Titans actually at the time uh, in 1960. And uh, he was a fixture uh, on the Jets from 60 through, well, Titans and the Jets from 60 to 72. Uh, crazy, crazy, crazy good receiver. Uh, Super Bowl champion 2000. 2000. <laughs> Super Bowl champion. <laughs> he played a long time. 60. 40 years. I, finally, in his 40th year, he won a championship. Absolutely. That's crazy. He vowed to keep playing until he won. That's right. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> all right. Two time first team All Pro in uh, 68 and 69. Four time uh, AFL All Star, 65, and then 67, 8, and 9. Uh, AFL champion in uh, in '68, of course. Uh, back before uh, it was uh, the AFL was part of the NFL, they actually won another championship and then went and played in the Super Bowl. Uh, Two time second team All Pro in the AFL in '65 uh, and '67. Uh, AFL all time team. They retired. Jets retired his number two thirteen. And yes, he is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yep, eleven thousand seven hundred thirty two yards and eighty eight touchdowns. I mean, that was really the that's ridiculous. Those Jets, ridiculous numbers. Those Jets yeah. teams in the eleven almost call it the mid sixties were great. They were they were good teams. They were yeah. So the the Giants let him go. They the Giants let him, let him go away. one year. Well, he played he played in the greatest game ever played. That's right. When All right. United came back and and beat the Giants in fifty eight. I said sorry. Fifty eight. So, uh, of course, that brings us to number one. And, um, Harry, you want to take a guess at who it is? I'm going to guess it's, uh, well, I, I don't know. could it be the butt fumble? <laughs> the butt fumble? <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a fur coat. And oh, oh, I know. It's Mark Sanchez. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the, the he had the fur coat and pants. Geno Smith is our number one jet. <laughs> the, yeah, the Geno Smith punch is is number twelve. It did, almost made it. I would say that this is so lo- obvious for this team. Like I think when you say the New York Jets, this person ninety nine point nine percent of the time comes out, even though he, he hasn't played in what forty years. Uh, yeah, it's just he's synonymous with the New York Jets and always will be. And, and there was a lot of, I mean, there were there was the brashness, right? There was the guarantee. There was the lifestyle, right? He was larger than life. He yeah. certainly didn't shy away from the spotlight. He yeah. was, you know, he was New York, right? Yeah. The man about town, and and, well, and and the commercials he did, and the people that he knew, and the he was really a sports celebrity. It was the brashness was a little different than what you think of the brashness today because in New York at that time you had Joe Namath, you had Walt Frazier, you had. Oh, by the way, folks, we are talking about Joe Namath. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But, you know, know, but at at that time you had you know the the Joe Namaths of the world and the Clyde Frazier's. It was a good time to be a New York sports fan. Oh, big time. And, and he was confident. He wasn't. Yeah. And look, he made that guarantee. If they didn't win, nobody would have held it to, against them. Right. You know, it, it, it was like by him saying that, I think he was telling the rest of the team, hey, guys, we've got a chance to win this game. And they did. Yeah. I'll just throw a, a, a couple of stats at you because I don't know who I could compare him to for someone who is so revered. And again, you know, they won one Super Bowl 60, 61, and four as a starter for the Jets. Just mm-hmm. over 50% completion percentage. 50. Yeah. Uh, 27,000 yards. 170 TDs and 250 interceptions. So statistically, you would go, eh, why is this guy? But he won the Super Bowl and, you know, the league merged. And, and he, you know, again, we talk about his charisma and he made the guarantee. So he, he kind of looked and, and he, you know, he threw a nice deep ball. He could say that about him too, right? Well, and he's when people, you know, not to change the subject, but when people argue whether Eli should be in the Hall of Fame, I use the Joe Namath comparison because I think Eli's numbers were slightly better, but they won it. They won those big games. They showed yeah. up big on the biggest stage, and you know, name back then it was you. You were more of a game manager, and then after that, you had people like Roger Staubach and Terry Bradshaw. Again, compared to today's statistics, not going to blow anybody's mind, but right, they were just right. really they were really really good football players. Well, yeah. and and he also brought legitimacy. To the AFL, right, right, which was the sure. redheaded stepchild, right. right? They they beat Oakland for the championship and then beat the NFL, and you know, sort of said, "Hey, we're you know, we're here. We're just as good as you." Uh, so, you know, there's there's that kind of thing, but yeah, it, it just an, an interesting case of uh, of a guy who didn't again, it's not, not going to have the stats as far as compiling the same numbers, but you'd look at him and you go, kind of an average quarterback, but he provided the biggest moment in the Jets history and for that he's legendary yeah and that and it definitely as you were saying definitely was a big 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 part and parcel of the merger he was the face of of an entire league yeah well there you go number one Joe Willie Namath what a surprise there you go what a surprise kind of uh I mean our number ones on our list so far have been you know two lists too obvious two fate again two people synonymous with both 
franchises, well, I think. Yeah, you think of the Jets, you think of Joe Namath, you think of the Giants, you think of Lawrence Taylor. So yeah. And, and we, I mean we and we had a few more differences, I think, on our Giants lists. Our Jets lists were really pretty similar. We're we're pretty close. Yeah, they were pretty uh, close. If I could just take 30 seconds, folks. Sure. Sure. Uh, I'd like to mention because I did make a, a number one A pick of yes. all time Jets, mm-hmm. and that is the uh, Learjet seventy five. <laughs> uh, the Learjet seventy five. It's been. I think Wonder Woman's jet is has to be right up there. No, well, listen. This is uh, the quintessential combination of performance and luxury, as far as the world of personal air transportation <laughs> uh, goes, and that's since people started making obscene amounts of money and buying their own planes. Yeah. It's a the most popular model that Learjet's ever made. There's more than 11 sold since its inception in 2013. And, uh, you know, well, you don't just show up in a Learjet 75. You arrive on the scene. You arrive That's on the scene. Right. People you know, know that you're it, somebody. You, you arrive in a, in a fur coat guaranteeing to beat the Colts. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> you want to get from here to there fast without having to be around other people. Right. You get yourself a Learjet 75. That's right. There you go. Number 1A, Learjet Number 75. One a. Learjet 75. Um, all right. Well, that brings us to this week's Old Balls. Old Balls. And it ties in. Look, I, I felt compelled to uh, to add this person to this week's Old Balls because he he was actually on my list for top jets of all time he, he was he was on my uh ancillary list right and and he's again the point of old balls is to try to bring people that people might not necessarily know who have done pretty incredible things uh through their lifetime and the, this week's old ball is a gentleman by the name of winston hill played on the jets for quite some time was part of that super bowl winning team some would say he might have been the most talented athlete on that team. He was a guy who was an offensive tackle who was a high school tennis champion. He made it to eight Pro Bowls. Well, four were the AFL All-Stars, but he was a four-time Pro Bowler, four-time AFL All-Star, three-time All-AFL, Super Bowl champion. And he was, again, one of these guys who, who changed the position. He was an incredibly athletic offensive tackle who not only protected Joe Namath's blindside, but he blocked for Emerson Boozer, Matt Snell, and John Riggins in his career. And uh, he just, if you, if you really dig into the history of the NFL, I think even Namath mentioned that he was one of the best offensive linemen and one of the best players he ever played with. And there's, there's a lot of pictures around that time that they were winning the Super Bowl of of Namath and, and Winston Hill together of course, you know, he, he was an offensive lineman, so he's not going to get the spotlight. The reason why I know about him is because around the same time I moved to Denver, he moved to Denver and he opened up a barbecue joint uh, just south of Denver in the suburbs in a, in a town that's now known as Centennial, Colorado, so just on the south suburbs of Denver. And I went in there once. I, I, I can't remember. what I think it was... I was working down in the Denver Tech Center and I went in there with some people for lunch and, you know, and, and then all of a sudden uh, you, you find out who this guy is and the fact that he's cooking barbecue for you and he was a Super Bowl champion. Right. And he was just one of the nicest guys. You would never know uh, anything, you know, other than the fact that he did have some memorabilia up and things like that. But he's one of those guys, when you think about that Jets team, there was a lot of really unsung players on that Super Bowl team. And I think he was one of them. He's one of the main reasons why they won a Super Bowl. And my humble opinion, I think he was the second best Jet, maybe the third best, definitely the most decorated. There's very few people in NFL history who make it to 
eight Pro Bowls and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So yeah. this week's old balls, he he passed away about four years ago, which yeah, I think he was like 74, 75 years old. But anyway, this week's old balls, Mr. Winston Hill ties in with this week's top 10 as well. Quick question. How was the food? It was great. I mean, I didn't eat a ton of it because, uh, but um, it was good. And it, it's weird. There's a couple really good barbecue joints right in that area. It's kind of a strange area to have barbecue joints, but there's, Another place called Jabos, who's also another great guy, uh, different different type. His Winston's was more Texas barbecue. Jabos is a little bit more Southern barbecue, but uh, it was good. It was really good. Yeah, it's still there. It's still there. I think it's I, don't, I think it's called Winston's barbecue or Winston's Smoke House or something like that. But it's uh, it's still there. At least I, at least last time I checked. Hopefully, it's making it through these challenging times. Winston and, uh, Hill. Winston nice. Hill, and he was uh, he, he was uh, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This he's year. in the Hall of Fame, yeah. This year, they, they, he got in the hundred uh, year uh, team. I think, uh, I think he certainly deserves. I think he certainly Absolutely. deserves to be. And he's he's a New York Jets Ring of Honor, and uh, he's a New York Jets Ring of Honor, and uh, and second team all time AFL, which I should be first team. He should be first team. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, but yeah, no, Winston Hill, good good old balls. Oh, balls. Well done. Good old balls. Well done. Good pick, sir. Good old smoke balls. That's right. <laughs> that's not, barbecue that's balls. Hill. Let's not go too far down that rabbit hole. Smoked bowl balls. <laughs> Hang on. Well, you're in Denver, so Rocky Mountain oysters. You might want to say it. So. That's 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 just for the tourists who don't know who what they are. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, I think that about uh, will wrap up this week's sports podcast. I want to thank you all for listening and watching. Uh, this is the first one of obviously many to come that we're doing completely Facebook Live. Um, you'll be able to check out our podcast when it goes live uh, tomorrow or Friday. Hopefully by then it'll be up. Check it out on our website, www.logroom.com, L-A-G-E-R-R-O-M.com. Uh, you can also check it out on Facebook, which you're obviously looking at this on right now anyway, and Instagram and Twitter, all at The Logger Room. And folks, uh, if you haven't done so already, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher and subscribe to our podcast feed and you will always be able to catch any of our episodes. You'll never miss one of them. So, uh, all right, folks. Well, enjoy your weekend of sports. Cross your fingers for us and our picks. We will uh, have a good weekend as well and we will talk to you next week, folks. Thank you very much and take care. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Keep your tailgate up.